Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are doing amazing. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where we're talking life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the idea, the myth, the fable of women having it all. My thoughts? No thanks. You can keep it. I'm good. (laughs) So before we even get into the podcast itself, I just got my podcast wrap. You know how they do the Spotify wrapped If you haven't shared yours yet, please share it. But they do a Spotify wrapped. And so they also do a podcast wrapped. And I got mine. I was really excited about the growth. So this would not be possible without everyone who gets on here and listens to me. So thank you so much for listening to all of the things that I have to say. I've been trying this year to show up more consistently. So thank you for sticking with me even through the Soul Cycle hiatus. I'm back. I'm better. I'm being consistent. Next year, we're going to be even more consistent, going to have more episodes. So I want to know what you want to hear more of the life, the current events, everything in between, soul cycle stuff, my thoughts, my opinions. What do you want to hear? Let me know. You can drop me a voice note on Anchor FM or you can reach out to me on Instagram at the Sasha Whitney. That's my personal Instagram page. My podcast page is Sasha Spins, but I don't really post on there. But if you shoot me questions or messages, I'll definitely get them. So let me know what you want to hear more of. And thank you again for listening. So... Let's get into this myth of women having it all and why I vehemently 100% reject the notion. And honestly, it is, I won't even say borderline. It is absolutely a failure. Sorry, it's a recipe for burnout, ultimately failure, unhappiness, and it's just an unrealistic expectation of women. And I don't understand why in 2021, we're still pushing this narrative, knowing that it's unrealistic, knowing that it leads to burnout, knowing that it puts all of this unnecessary pressure on women. And sometimes the worst part is the people that I see it being pushed by most are women. I'm like, girls, 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 ladies, women, sistren, sisters, what are we doing? So let's talk about it. Um, I am 100% in the camp of you can keep women having it all. I don't want it. I'm good. No, thanks. You can miss me with that bullshit. I'm just not with it. So let's talk about why. So the first and foremost, the idea of women having it all, it's something that I've heard about growing up, um, just in my consciousness aware of, I came up in the 90s, the, the women going to the workforce, like, well, not going to the workforce, I really, that started with the 60s and the 70s, really kicked into full force in the 80s. I grew up with a mom that always had a job, always had two jobs. My mom was in school while she had me and my two, my older sister, the sister right after me, and was pregnant with my brother. She had him. Gave, she gave birth to him literally on a freaking Friday and was back in class on like Wednesday. Okay, my mom is a rock star in so many ways. So I grew up with women always working, right? 
But so, so because I grew up with like seeing women working, knowing this was a thing, hearing it in just as a child and reinforced throughout school, reinforced throughout college, it's something that I've always been aware of, but it's something that I first seriously started to think about when I read Michelle Obama's Becoming. And I found when I was listening to her, well, I like tried it on podcast. I did, or sorry, audiobook. Didn't like it on audiobook. So I was like, let me read the book. So as I was reading the book and like reading what she had to say about the idea of women having it all and how unhappy it made her, I was like, yes. I was like, yesing through the entire thing. And that was the first time I had really seriously started to think about the negative ramifications, this idea and this myth of having it all. And so. It seems like now, I don't I don't want to say now, but you know how you miss something? It's not really in your line of vision or something at the top of your mind until it comes to focus or you start to think about it or it starts to impact your reality in some way or another. It seems that now that I'm paying attention to it ever since reading Becoming, more and more lately, it seems that this idea of women, ha- women having it all is being confronted and really talked about and actually receiving pushback in the current cultural feminist lexicon we're living in. And I think it's important that we're starting to see this pushback because women are the ones that are most affected by this idea of having it all, but especially because of the pandemic. I honestly think that Because so many, we saw how many women lost their jobs throughout the pandemic in record numbers in comparison to men, as it pertains to childcare, as it pertains to women deciding to leave the workforce because they couldn't get childcare, school was closed, so they, their, their partners or their husbands or whatever decided. And by the way, before I even get into this, I recognize that this is going to be a very heteronormative episode. We're like talking about like men in the context of men and women relationships. So that's where I'm speaking to when we hear about this idea of women having it all. And we talk about it, how it affects the domesticity and the home life. It often rears its ugly head and shows up the most in men and women relationships. So That's just the perspective that I'm coming from. Please don't slide in the DMs being like, Sasha, you didn't realize that there are men relationships, men married to each other and women to marry to each other. No, I know that. I'm very well aware of that. When we talk about the idea of women having it all, though, like I said, it shows up mostly in men and women relationships. So that's the perspective that I'm coming at it from today. So what got my brain thinking about this, what what made me be like, I want to do an episode about this, was a girlfriend of mine, Hannah, she sent me a recent clip of Gabrielle Union, and she was being interviewed. I, I, can't, I don't remember the context in which, it was just a clip that she sent me, but in the interview, Gabrielle was asked, asked about her thoughts of the idea of women having it all, and she was like, fuck that, like completely rejected it through and through, was like, what the hell are we talking about? Like just this total takedown, you gotta listen to it. Just Google Gabrielle Union, women having it all, 2021 interview, and I'm sure it'll come up. (laughs) 
But anyways, as I was listening to this clip again, I was like, oh my God, freaking yes. I went through the same emotions that I had when Michelle Obama was talking about it in Becoming. And I was like, okay, now I got to have a larger conversation about it because I feel like I'm getting to that age where that is, you know, I've dealt with that reality of women having it all. I know my friends have. I talked with my girlfriend about this. So I was like, okay, I need to do an episode about this. So having it all, first and foremost, the I, we ask, we expect, we demand so much of women. Having it all is yet more work on a woman's plate as if there wasn't enough on the modern woman's plate. But here's the thing. Why isn't there ever any talk of men having it all? Why is there never the expectation of a man going to work, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, staying fit, doing all of the things that we expect women to do when we say women should have it all? Because honestly, I don't date. I, I, I'm very married, very happily married. I haven't dated in a lot of years. It feels like forever. But um, it seems like, honestly, when I talk to my girlfriends that are dating, the bar is in hell for men. Like, let's be very honest here. Like, very little, it seems nowadays, is expected of men or required of men. All that is expected, it seems, that a lot of, or what men think Let me rephrase that. What I believe a lot of men think is that all that they're required to be is providers. All they're bringing is their money and their masculineness. Because again, there's always this perception that a man is the only thing that can make a woman woman whole. So if you are a heterosexual woman and you're looking to be married or you're looking to have a relationship, you you just better be happy that a man is willing to take you. And because of this like very, very just shitty perspective that we have as it pertains to female uh, women. I hate that word females as it pertains to describing women PS. If a man or anybody ever responds to or calls women females, that is a red flag and you should probably block that person. But anyways, (laughs) all there is that's required to be a man in our society a heterosexual man who is interested in a relationship with a heterosexual woman, all that is required of them is to be a provider, to make money. That's it. Meanwhile, (laughs) women are not only expected to work, but they're expected to stay in shape. They're expected to have all of these accolades, stay in shape, be fit, go out with friends, just all of these things that we expect of women on top of being providers, because nowadays women can't even verbalize that they want to be stay-at-home wives, right? Or stay-at-home moms, because we have demonized women. We don't value stay-at-home wives. We don't don't value stay-at-home moms. So if a woman says, oh, well, I just want to be a mom, or I want to be a wife. All of a sudden, she's a gold digger. She's this, that, and the third. As if what it means to be a woman is not, there's not so much more that comes to that. And so now, 
Women are required to work. So it's not even like men are solely providers now and they're taking care of the women in their lives that they're dating, their girlfriends or their wives and the mothers of their children. No, there are women that are providers too. And essentially, you know, now that I'm saying that, it like brings me to that next point. Because while women, my next point about like why I completely reject the idea of women having it all, because we say that men are supposed to be providers or men believe, I don't want to say we say, men believe, a lot of heterosexual men, I personally believe, think that their only role is to be providers. But if women are providers, what exactly are they, quote, bringing to the table? A lot of men like to talk about and ask women, what are you bringing to the table? And it's like, oh my God, another red flag. But anyways, I digress. Because the gender pay gap still exists because women are notoriously paid a lot less than men. It's not even like women can say, oh, I'm a provider. I don't really need you for a lot because when you have kids, then now you need to have this two-income household to supplement just the society that we're living in, especially if you're living in any major cities. So it's not even as if women can just rest in everything that's on their fucking plate already. Now they have to be providers. So now it's, you gotta have it all, right? You, you, you gotta do all the things. And then on top of that, you gotta be fit, you got to be super moms. You got to be super wives. You get to be the cool girl. You have to cook. You got to clean. You got to take care of childcare. I can't tell you how many of my coworkers, when their kids get sick, they're the ones, the women, they're the ones who end up taking off of work or taking a half day because their husbands just seem, there, there's, there doesn't even seem to be like a conversation about it. And if there is a conversation about it, it's, oh, I'm better at childcare. And it's like, did you make this child by yourself? Like, no, you're not better at childcare. It's just learn helplessness because of the patriarchy, which is another. We're going to get to that later, but let's stay on track, Sasha. Let's stay on track. I wrote a little scripty script. <laughs> to keep me on track because I be talking and I have a lot of like things to say about this. So as women go to work and they're expected to be, they're expected to have it all and want it all and to pursue it all, they go to work, they work their little jobby job where they're expected to want to climb the corporate ladder and do all of the things and help organize parties and all because likability the likability factor in the office makes it so that women are demonized for doing things that are praised in men. So if a woman is outspoken, if a woman is assertive, if a woman speaks up, all of a sudden, all of these character traits that we applaud in men, if women, if and when women do that in the office, it's taken as a negative thing. So somehow we're supposed to ascend up this ladder, but not ruffle any male feathers in the process. Make it make sense. So after we as women go into this workspace, because we're supposed to want it all, but we're supposed to play the game, right? We go, we go to work and then we play all these mental games. Then we come home and women are still required to take on the majority of the work at home. If you've never heard this before, it's called The Second Shift. Look it up. There's a really good um, book on this and I cannot recall it at the top of my mind. I probably should have looked it up and wrote it down, but I digress. Look look up The Second Shift. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We're basically, if you've never heard it before though, a very short gist of it is that women are required to take on the majority of the mental load at work, or sorry, at home. So they go to work 
and then they do all of that and then they come home and then they got to get the family calendar together. They got to get the kids calendar together. Who's doing this? Who's got this practice? Whose homework is done? Who needs what for this project? Um, Aunt Pam's birthday is coming up. I got to buy Aunt Pam the gift. Women take on this load and it's so fucking heavy. And I saw my mom do this. My mom did this with seven children. And sometimes when my siblings, when we make fun of our mom and we're like, you know, Nigerian and just immigrant parents are a little crazy anyways to begin with. But when we call my mom like crazy, when we make fun of her a little bit, like when we joke around with her, like, mommy, you are so crazy. No, really. I can imagine why she would have been crazy when we were younger. (laughs) This woman is working night shifts, nursing, and then she's coming home and having to be responsible for all of these things when it comes to seven, like there's seven kids that she didn't make by herself. And I'm not saying that my dad was an absentee parent by any means, but my dad was a fun parent. And he's a fun parent because he doesn't really have to like think about these things. Like that's just how a lot of heteronormative gender norms are. And women have all of this shit on their plate day in and day out. Meanwhile, there is so little expected of men and yet they're still rewarded for the very little that they manage to do. They're praised for the small things like babysitting their kids. I swear to God, if I ever hear another person refer to a man babysitting his child, I will kick a trash can. I will kick over every single trash can I see on the sidewalk. Then I'll probably pick up the trash because it would be really rude to leave it for (laughs) whoever else whose job it is to do that. But anyways, I'm like, you're babysitting your child? No. How about you're taking care of the child that you had an active role in creating? Okay? So another, like, oh, I just, I need a moment. Let me grab some water because that always, like, this is why it is so disingenuous to me and honestly a red flag when men ask what women bring to the table and I don't like to be giving out relationship advice y'all know I don't be giving it relationship advice but since we're talking about heteronormative or heterosexual female male relationships here's my piece of unsolicited advice if a man asks you what you bring to the table, you should probably leave. (laughs) You should probably block him. Maybe you can probe him and see what he means by that. But in my personal opinion, in the cultural lexicon in which we're working in, where so much is required and expected of women, and you are a working woman, and a man has the audacity to ask you what what you bring to the table when the bar seems to be lower than hell for a lot of men these days, girl, you should leave. And another thing, another red flag, knowing what the gender pay gap is. If a man asks you to split something 50-50, you should also probably leave, okay? Okay, this is just, again, this is my unsolicited relationship advice because if he's making more than you and he's asking you to do things 50-50, what sense does that make? You're bringing more to the table at this point than he is. 
So if you're bringing more to the table and he's only taking from you and your table, girl, you better pack up your table and walk away and go to a more deserving person. But again, we're not talking about Sasha. See, I could quickly turn this into a dating episode, but we're not going to get there. We're going to go back to talking about why I genuinely believe the idea of women having it all is bullshit and I don't want it. And I don't want it. Because it's unrealistic. Even if it's something that I aspire to attain to, it's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. There is no way in 2021 in the current setup of our society that we continue to demand and expect women to have it all, that we continue to demand more from women while the conditions that are unique to women have only marginally improved, marginally improved. So I've already, numerous times, I've already touched upon the income inequality, which is worse for women of color. But also, let's talk about childcare. Because immediately, when, when I first talked, to, when we first started talking, like, 15 minutes ago at this point, I brought up how many women have left the workforce as a result of coronavirus, this whole pantomime that we've got going on right now that shut down schools, shut down childcare, and in a lot of homes when it had to be, when you just, a decision had to be made, who's going to stay home? Women stayed home. And it's not necessarily because a lot of them wanted to stay home. They made less than their partners. So it would have made no sense for their partner to leave their employment where they had better benefits and more pay. So because of the already existing income equality in this country that we don't want to seem to do anything about, we still expect so much of women. And then on top of that, I only briefly touched on childcare. Maternity leave in this country is a fucking joke. Like for as much as people want to talk about, they care about kids, we don't give... Everybody in this country is like, man, fuck them kids. These politicians, these people in leadership, there are so many improvements that we could make as a society that would make women's women's lives easier and ultimately provide better outcomes for children. And have we done that yet? Absolutely not. And why haven't we done that? Because this this country does not care about women or children. Look no further than the public school education system and resources that we have for working women, but also maternity leave. Are you kidding me? Four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks? If men gave birth to children, if men gave birth, if men had periods, I won't even say if men gave birth, if men had periods, there would be built-in time once a month to take off for their menstruation. There would be a year of maternity leave. They would be able to just check out for a year, not even check out for a year, because a lot of men seem to have this idea that maternity leave is playtime. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And I guess that they don't, they, they, they think maternity leave is playtime because while they're at work, their wives are at home or they themselves don't have paternity leave. But if men gave birth to children, The situations that exist in this country as it pertains to the health of women and the health of children would not exist. 
they would take it as a social issue that needed to be fixed. The, I don't even want to talk about the maternal, the, the maternal death rate or maternal mort- mortality rate when it comes to black women, because this, uh, this could be honestly a two-part episode, but we're going to keep it cute and leave it at one episode and call it a day. So again, women, we expect and we demand so much more from women but the qualities and the conditions that affect mostly women and subsequently their children have only marginally improved. Yet we say, we continue to push this narrative that women can have it all and the women that don't want to have it all are lazy. They want to be kept women. They're gold diggers. They're this, they're that, the third. We literally cannot have it all. Because the society that we live in does not make it so. There's this meme, (laughs) and bringing me to my next point, there's this meme that's floating around. I think Lovey posted it on her, um, posted it on her Instagram, but it's like, so you're telling me I got to eat right, exercise, get eight hours of sleep a night, respond to texts, engage with people, and I got to do this shit every day? I don't even have any kids and I feel exhausted and overwhelmed some days and I I don't got kids. I'm like, I don't have the capacity to do another thing. I got like 50, 11 jobs. Okay. And this podcast, like (laughs) I got a husband I got to spend time with. I got sisters. I got brothers. I got a, I got a mom to call who like guilts me if I don't call her at least once a month or go home once a month. I should be calling my mom more than once a month. But again, I just, I just can't. I feel overwhelmed a lot of the time and I don't even have children. Can you imagine the women who do have children and the, all of this shit is expected of them. They're supposed to be super moms. They're supposed to be super wives and girlfriends. They're supposed to be fit. They're supposed to eat right. They're supposed to be at all the PTA meetings. They're supposed to be making all the cookies. They're supposed to be doing every fucking thing when their partner is not really doing a lot at all. Can, and, and then, and then, and then we act surprised. We act surprised <laughs> when women flip the fuck out or like, you know, I won't even say flip the fuck out when they succumb to the misery, the burnout and the frustration that comes a lot with with this expectation, this unrealistic expectation that we put on women because it is nothing but a recipe for misery, burnout and disaster. So if you give someone the ingredients to make a crappy ass cake and then they make the crappy ass cake that they have the ingredients to make, why are you surprised when the cake comes out crappy as hell? So this is, I, I, I literally, knowing what we know, we are all aware of the society and the environment that we exist in. So why do we continue to push this narrative, this myth, this false expectation? Why do we continue to demand it of women knowing that it's unattainable? I'm going to give you the answer. But if you are a woman that exists in 2021, you already know the answer. Say it with me. I'm going to sing it. Let me clear my vocals real quick. The patriarchy. That was terrible. (laughs) But literally, why do we continue to push this narrative? The patriarchy. Duh. Like everything else, a lot of this comes down to the freaking patriarchy. 
Because changing our norms would what? They would require challenging society and a system that unfairly benefits men. And are men in mass going to take on and push for changing a system that largely benefits and absolves them from any accountability while also requiring them to do more? Hmm. I think you know the answer. I think you, I know you know the answer because you smart, you loyal. (laughs) You know the answer. The answer is no. And also... Why would they? They also, not only do they not have to do anything, they also get to judge and gaslight women when they ultimately fail at reaching a standard and an expectation that they can't even uphold, that they don't even aspire to, that they can't even do. They are incapable. But because we live in a misogynistic society, any failure of women seems to be like, <laughs> like seems to be like something that these men are excited about. And then they can put it on you as a personal failure. You know what this sounds like? Again, you smart, you loyal. So you already know what I'm going to say. This sounds exactly like the issue of racism, systemic racism, and prejudice. It is so much, think about it. Think about it for a second, right? Follow me here, follow me, follow me. Hold my hand, we're gonna cross this road together. You've heard of respectability politics before, right? Okay, cool. It is easier to tell black people to just do this or to act like that and then racism will go away as you continue to move the goalpost. So you're telling them, you're putting the onus of responsibility on them to fix a problem, a situation that they didn't create that is not on them to fix. Think about it. The onus of fixing a broken system is on the people who are benefiting from that system being broken. But if they benefit from it and they benefit from unholding it, They're not going to want to dismantle it. And that's exactly what we're seeing with the patriarchy. So we can put it, we put the onus on women to just aspire to more, to do more, to somehow be better in spite of all of the bullshit that we have to deal with as women, not even having control over our wombs and uteruses in some states. We're somehow supposed to strive past that. Women are going to be the one. You've got to break your own glass ceilings. We're not going to fix the situation. We're not going to take care of child care in this country. We're not going to address the issue of equal pay. Just work harder and you can make as much as the men do. Just get, just work harder so you can make more money and get a babysitter. Just work, just find a better job with a better company so you can get better maternity leave. When the onus is not on women to fix these things. It's on the patriarchy and those who benefit from the patriarchy. And then just like how internalized racism works, you have internalized misogyny where women have internalized all of this sexist and horrible ideals and have internalized it. And then you got your pick me's who are striving to for male attention and affection and will do whatever because they don't want to be, I'm not like you other bitches. I'm not like you other women. I can have it all. I do do it all. 
And it's like, no, you may now, you may today, you may today, but in three weeks, three years, after three kids, ask us how you're doing it all, okay? How is your mental health? How are you, how are you surviving, right? So again, like I said, patriarchy. How do we fix this, right? Where do we go? Where do we go in dismantling? How do we even begin to dismantle and rip apart and get rid of this unrealistic expectation of women having it all? Well, like I said, it begins and ends with dismantling the patriarchy, which I honestly think, because as I think about like my 20-ish years I won't even say 20-ish years. I'm going to give myself like 10 years of being like a sentient adult with self-awareness, developing at the time I was starting to develop it and work on it and just being aware of what was happening in society and the bullshit that we were being fed as women and especially as black women and uh, as a black woman becoming aware of it. And so I think we have, we are slowly, slowly, slowly making strides. We are chipping away at this idea, this notion of women having it all. And I'm starting to see a lot of women widely reject this. Again, Gabrielle Union, you got to listen to that interview because that's, she's the like, my friend sending this to me is the reason why we're having this conversation at all. But I also hear and see a lot of other women who are starting to reject it. And so even though it's on the patriarchy to completely dismantle and create a better society for women and children, We can start as women to do that work today by rejecting this notion of having it all. And so how do we end this, right? This, because like I said, I could talk about this for hours and it could be a two-part episode. How do we dismantle this? The work on us, the work is on us, unfortunately, as women. So where do we start? How, 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 Sway, how? I'm gonna tell you how. Very simply put, what I feel like I have found a really good balance of doing. Instead, you find what's important for you and you work towards that. And if you're in a relationship with someone, if you're in a relationship with a man, you find that balance that works for you both equally. So I want to be like very distinct when I say equally, right? Because equally may not be 50-50, So, you know, I I shouldn't say equally, actually. I should say equitably. What is the most equitable for your relationship? Because equality is like 50-50, right? But equity may look like 60-40. So if your partner makes more than you, he pays for 60 or 70 and you pay for 30 or 40. And that is equity in your relationship. Or maybe you have the more stressful job and he does the cooking, he does the cleaning, he has the more stressful job, you do the cooking, you do the cleaning, but that conversation should at least be somewhere on the table. If he, as a man, if you are in this relationship with this man, more unsolicited relationship advice. (laughs) If you are in a relationship with this man and after you spend a whole day working and doing what you have to do and there's the expectation that you come home and you are responsible for the cooking, you are responsible for the cleaning and somehow you still have to find time to work out and to take care of yourself and there's the expectation that you look a certain way for him, he likes, then there's there's no equity in that relationship. There's not even any equality and you need to do a deep dive of what works for you. And if he doesn't want to get on board, maybe you should leave. So like I said, 
Find something that works for both of you that is equitable to the both of you. Because equality between men and women and the current cultural lexicon in which we're living in, we're not there yet. We need to get to the space of equity. And I think we really get distracted by saying equality when we should be focusing more on equity. What we can do to give women the resources that they need so they can achieve the levels that men are able to achieve. You can't give two people a six foot ladder and one person is five seven and one person is four three and be like, all right, we're both equal. That's not how it works. So that's why I wanted to make that distinction between equity. So here's the thing. I want to end this with a like nice little bow because I feel like, you know, I'm spinning like seven plates. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> You're spinning seven plates and you put it down and some are going to break. Like so many people were pissed off at the end of Game of Thrones. I didn't dislike the way it ended. I honestly thought it ended freaking fine, but that's just me. A lot of people were upset. I think, honestly, I think some people just like to be mad, unpopular opinion. That's another conversation for another day. So how do I put down this plate, right? Because we got seven plates spinning. We got in like inequality of pay. We got shitty maternity leave. We got shitty childcare. We got women's you know, self-care and practicing mental wellness, all of these things that come with this idea, this myth of having it all. So how do we put these plates down? How do we dismantle this narrative? And how do you move forward as a woman? Well, you, can ha- you can't have it all. You can't. You shouldn't aspire to have it all. Here's what you can have, though. You can have what's important to you, and then you move towards making that your priority. Boom. That's it. That's it. (laughs) I can't speak to that in the space of having kids, but I can speak to that in the space of being a woman who's been married for five years now. She's got 511 jobs, who's spinning a lot of plates. And I think I've worked out a pretty equitable solution with my partner and have done so by completely rejecting the notion of having it all because I don't want it all. It's unrealistic and I like peace. I like my happiness. I like my joy and I'm not going to stress myself aspiring to something that is not based in reality. So that's it. That is all. Let me know what you think. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Men and women, I mean, obviously, the majority of my listeners are women, but I am, if we got male listeners, I'm male listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I laughed at that. Uh, I just did a lot of talking, but um, yeah, so let me know what you think. You can drop me a voice note here on Anchor FM, or you can reach out to me on Instagram. The podcast Instagram is Sasha Spins. Personal Instagram is the Sasha Whitney. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think. And until next time, thank you for listening. Stay hydrated. Mind your business. Peace out.